0: That's in the Bible. Episode nine. Will the church go through the tribulation?
1: The troublesome times are here, filling
2: men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, take the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod. Away.
0: Jesus is Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. And uh, my name is Eric, and I'm here with Brother Steve and Matthew. How are you guys this evening? Doing real good. Doing just fine. Steve, you sound better and better every week. You eh? uh, those I'm,
1: I'm feeling much, much better. Thanks, guys, for praying. I appreciate it. Are you playing basketball again yet? Oh no, 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 not yet waiting for those things to heal if somebody got me in the back it would uh, it would definitely put me to my knees but uh, to do some of the things that uh, you know, like talk or sing or move around or do my job I can do that but I'm uh, you know, still gonna uh, hold out hold myself out from the uh,
0: starting lineup right now do you think you'll ever play basketball again, Steve? oh yes oh yes't
1: <laughs> can't, can't keep a kid from Indiana down that's <laughs>
0: Indiana, that's a long way away. Yeah, well,
1: long road the Lord brought me through. Did you like Indiana?
0: Me Pardon me? Did you like Indiana for our, all of oh, yeah. our, our listeners from Indiana?
1: Absolutely. I grew up in the northwest corner, uh, a place called Crown Point, Indiana. Hmm.
0: All right, Matt, how are you this evening?
2: I'm doing real good. I'm uh,
0: I'm hanging in there. <laughs> that's That's good to hear and uh the big episode tonight on will the church go through the tribulation
2: yeah i think I think this is real relevant to the uh to the times especially now we uh so many people are you know talking about the signs of the times you know when jesus christ is gonna come and and uh you know those times that that jesus christ says in matthew twenty four uh you know really aren't talking about the times of when the tribulation is going to be coming but when he's going to be coming in the air but um th- during his revelation but but we have so many people talking about well, you know the end is coming and and uh, the tribulation is going to start and i just heard just a couple of days ago when i was preparing for this message uh, a a preacher on uh, on a radio station that a lot of people listen to around here uh talk about how The church is going to go through the tribulation. So I think this will be a good episode, maybe, to answer a lot of questions for a lot of those out there.
0: Yes, I think so too. I think there's a lot of confusion about what the tribulation is and who's going to be around for it. And what was I listening to the other day? I was listening to someone say that the, uh, I was getting on one of these quote unquote Christian Christian radio stations that, you know, there's no such thing as the rapture. And, you know, it's, it's not in the Bible. It can't be found. So I think uh, I think it's just a case of not properly dividing, rightly dividing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Second 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So God says that we have to study. And uh, a lot of these preachers, a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of saved people just don't study the Word of God. They just take what other people say, and, and they don't take what uh, the Word of God says over top of them.
0: And that's why we put the show notes up as well. So we're you know not saying that uh, you have to take everything on just because we said so. We're, we're, we're asking you and encouraging you to uh, look these verses up, follow along with us with your Bible as we go through these things, and uh, search it out for yourself. That's right so let's see any anything else of interest happening in uh in your neck of the woods, either one no more parades no more uh everything's quiet again
2: yeah i mean there's not too many parades going on here i have a uh, have a praise I have uh scripture signs on my vehicle, and uh, a lot of times I get a lot of people asking me questions about them and it's just a great a great uh kind of uh witness and and i was just at the uh coffee shop just a couple days ago i love my coffee and uh (laughs) and uh so i went there and and they have this huge window at the at the window there and i was trying to talk to this girl you know i was trying to say well how long you guys been open up because i love tim hortons i don't know if you guys know about tim hortons best coffee if you ever can go but but uh anyway so i get there and i say well how long you been opened up for and she is not she will not pay attention to me she's looking behind me for some reason i couldn't figure it out and then she was, she was staring for at least 10 seconds or 15 seconds while I'm talking. I'm like, boy, how rude, you know? <laughs> and so, she, so she turns to me and she said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was reading your signs and I totally forgot, you know, <laughs> that I had him on there at that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it gave me an opportunity to be able to witness to her. I gave her a, uh, this is your life track. And, uh, and I said, listen, you know, uh, you got to really search this out. You gotta, you gotta understand that there's judgment coming and And, uh, you know, there's there's only a select few amount of time that that you have to be able to uh, accept the Lord as your Savior.
0: Amen. Now, Steve, you still have that no hope in the Pope on the side of your car?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't have that. Uh, you know what Matt was talking about? Not having really a, a promise of tomorrow or, or something along that line. We're uh, we're in the process of getting ready for a benefit that we're we're giving for someone in our church that uh, uh, has. Um, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and he's in what appears to be the final stages of that. He's 39 years old. He has six children, ranging in age from 18 to five, and uh, he worked for the railroad and, and was, you know, healthy. And it didn't seem to be anything wrong, and and then uh, you know, just little by little, things uh, began to concern him and uh you know did some checking on some things and the symptoms seemed to match what uh, it ultimately turned out to be and uh now his, his his speech is really slurred and and uh you know he was in church last night and it's always a a joy to be able to see him he's, he's held a good testimony he's gone through a, a a real dark valley and uh you know so many people take life for granted and they just think that it's always going to be there. And you never know. I mean, you know, it, our life is but a vapor. Amen. And I don't, I don't really want to, you know, try to bring this down. Actually, it's it's more of a testimony of praise. And just for the fact that he has such a good testimony about this thing and his his wife is doing very well. And, and we just want to try to be a blessing uh, and a help to him and maybe... Help uh, defray some of the costs that that have uh, incurred, and because he hasn't been able to work for quite some time, and uh, so we're going to be having that here coming up at the beginning of April, and uh, we're busy, uh, you know, getting ready for that. But you know, just just the fact that that a lost person would, you know, just um, be so cavalier about eternal life and about the questions that matt was talking to that girl about you know because you don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen uh you know whether right. a disease or accident or or <laughs> an act of god uh, you know <laughs> a hurricane tornado you know or, or or some other freak of nature type of thing uh, you know it, you never know what's going to happen, and uh, y- you have to be prepared our our friend is definitely prepared and he knows where he's going to go when he dies and Amen. and uh, he's uh, i don't remember the name of the website but they have a, a website where you can get on and and uh, uh, for those that are terminal I think they can uh give their testimonies and so forth and mm. and he's been keeping kind of a, a log or a diary on the on his daily progress or weekly progress i don't know exactly how it goes but i read the other one the other day and and just tears come to your eyes and and you're just amazed at at how somebody can go through something that he's going through knowing that he's you know doesn't have long to live and you know he's he's cherishing every moment that he has with his children with his wife and and yet not be angry with god not curse god you know and and uh uh rejoice in the life that he 's given and and try to be a testimony wherever he can so it 's a real blessing
0: amen. amen and that maybe that's one of the things that we'll uh we'll talk on an upcoming show you know that uh you know the age old question why do um bad things happen to good people
2: yeah amen, As I amen. Know that,
0: you know we, some people think well he's a, if he's a christian why is this happening to him you know mm. and um and even for folks that aren't aren't Christians that are that might have just tuned in and are listening now, they're wondering, um, well, how how can this be happening to him if he's if he's saved, like you say, and he's following God. So, you know, we'll talk about that at a at our future show as well. Amen. All right. Well, Steve, uh we're not gonna do a quote of the day, but you've got something interesting. Um and so it's a uh it's a uh something current. Of the day, absolutely. Uh, this is from an AP uh,
1: news service. It's uh, from Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, maybe some of you have caught it in the paper. This is in uh, today's uh, Buffalo News. Uh, today's the 23rd of March, and uh, it reads: Following uh, United Technologies Corp. Chairman David or George David is set to return to the witness stand as he fights his wife's effort to win $100 million in their divorce trial in Connecticut. The trial resumes this morning in Hartford Family Court. The 67-year-old David testified Friday that he took his, wa- his estranged wife, Marie Douglas David, on extravagant vacations and showered her with jewelry in, in 2004 and 2005 as the couple were trying to save their marriage. But Douglas David, a 36-year-old Swedish countess, says it was all part of his effort to coerce her into signing a post-nuptial agreement that would give her $43 million if they divorced. If they were divorced, something along that line. she is asking the judge to declare the agreement invalid. The couple married in 2002 they do not have any children together his net worth is is estimated to be nearly 300 million dollars hmm. now i don't know what you guys think about that and i don't know what our listeners think about that but that is just so far beyond the realm of comprehension i mean you know i understand we're talking quite a bit of difference between 100 million and 43 million uh, but do you really think you could maybe struggle and get by on 43 million instead of million. <laughs> I, you know it just goes beyond the the absurd mm-hmm. uh you know i i sometimes i get you know tongue tied just trying to think of uh you know what's going on i i think of the scripture and and, and i won't use all of them that i that i thought about but in Timothy, it says this, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Amen. I mean, that just kind of brings it down to the nub. I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy here that, that's facing Lou Gehrig's disease and is ready to die. Ask him if he wants 43 million. Yeah. I mean, he might want it for his family, but i tell you what, he'd rather have his salvation and know that his family is saved. Mm-hmm. I, I know that from his, his testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to squabble over... That kind of thing is just unbelievable. It's unheard of. And it, I believe it's anti-Bible. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that makes me think about uh, Solomon, too, what he said in uh, Proverbs chapter 30, uh, verse 7. He says, two things have I required of thee. Uh, he's talking to the Lord. Deny me them not before I die. He says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Yep. So pretty much just like you said, Steve, I mean, you know, just like Solomon, uh, who was a very, very, one of the most wise men in the world, said, uh, Lord, all I want is just enough to get by. You know, awesome. and, and when you get all these riches, uh, you you deny the Lord. Uh, and, that, you know, that's what that's what happens when you uh, have the desires of the world and, and don't seek the kingdom of God first. And uh, again, Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says, uh, um, um, I can't think of the verse now, but, but it, you know it talks about um, for what shall it prosper if we shall gain the whole world and yet lose your own soul?" Uh, so the Bible says, "Listen, you know you can gain all the riches that you want, but uh, in the end, you can't take those riches with you and you'll lose your own soul if you haven't accepted Christ as your savior."
0: And I, and I do. I mean, don't you think, just in in your experience, that it's harder for a rich man to really, you know, humble himself in the sight of God and accept that he's a sinner and and uh, even have a have a need or a desire for salvation?
1: Yeah, well, he can could, he could buy everything he needs and he, he doesn't have to really depend upon God. Now, there, uh, let's let, make a mistake here. There are rich men that are, that are saved men mm-hmm. uh, that have put things in the proper priority, but that's definitely not the, the majority of those that have wealth. Um, you know, the, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, let your conversation or your manner of life be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have, yeah. you know we are so covetous of things, whether it 's a position that someone else has or possessions that someone else has or positions that someone else has and and you know you don 't have to be rich to to fall into that snare, That's but true. you know but money just seems to to cloud our minds, you know. Someone asked uh, a rich man if he had enough money, and he said, "No, just a little bit more." Mm-hmm. You know and, mm-hmm. and, and it's just elusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're never satisfied. you're always worried that somebody's going to take it from you. And uh, you know you're, you're, you're not going to have enough, and, and it's just a vicious cycle. And as Matt said, it said, "What should it profit a man? Profit. I mean, what should it profit a man?" To gain the whole world and lose his own soul, Uh, you know your soul is more valuable. If you just stop and think about that verse, your soul is more valuable than the collective wealth of the whole earth—all the diamonds, all the rubies, all the gold, all the money, all the all the real estate. Your soul is more important than all of that, and yet we gamble it away. I mean. Human beings would rather gamble their salvation or their, their soul away for their own perceived happiness and wealth, and they're and they're losing it. They're losing it all because it's it's all temporal. Uh, you know, ran across a verse. You know, uh, this this week. You know, we have brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing out. Mm -hmm. naked came I into this world and naked shall I return I mean, you can be buried in a Cadillac you can try to take it with you but buddy your soul is not going to take a darn thing with you and you're going to and depending on what you do with Jesus Christ uh, if you don't trust him you're going to burn in hell and I don't say that with any relish of thought I don't joy in that that's really a, a grievous thing to me to think that someone would uh, choose to spend eternity in agony for all of eternity—it just is just incomprehensible to me.
2: Yeah, and it, I think about the uh, the story about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter sixteen, and and you know Lazarus is mentioned by name, but the rich man isn't. And I think uh, you know I believe that the Lord put that there uh, without a name, that the rich man didn't have a name because it could be any any rich person uh, could put their name in there. And, uh, and really just in his riches, you know, I live lavishly and, uh, and just again, depend on that. But, uh, listen, the Bible says that the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, uh, being in torments, uh, in hell. So, so, you know, you just got to pray and then just, uh, hope also that us that are saved and have accepted Christ as our saviors, uh, do not, you know, get too much money, uh, that, that we deny the Lord and just say, Lord, you know, I don't. I don't need you anymore, you know, and not that, that we're going to go to hell. We're sealed until the day of redemption, but that we lose fellowship with the Lord here because of so many riches.
1: Yeah, amen. Well, you can see one more thing, and, and of course, you know, not trying to belabor the point. I know we've got to get to Matt's study, but it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, yeah. uh, which while some coveted after, uh, they have erred from the faith, piercing themselves through with many sorrows. You know, uh, to be honest with you guys, uh, you know, I'm happily married, been happily married for over thirty years, and I, <laughs> the amount of money that somebody could give me, and you you might call me a liar, you can say all you want, but the the amount of money that some people would would maybe offer me to take in exchange for, uh, you know. Not having my wife and not having my marriage—I'm sorry—I wouldn't take it. I'd rather have uh, the marriage and and not have a life full of sorrow uh, than to to have all that money. That just it's not a not a worthy exchange.
0: Amen. And they—I well, I think one of the sayings of the world isn't it? Something goes something like um, something. The game is. Uh, Whoever whoever dies with the most toys wins. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> They're trying to make themselves feel better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Small consolation. Yeah. And and I'm I'm glad we can't take it with us. Uh, you know, you would you want to junk up heaven with all this you know, <laughs> stuff that's gonna rot and rust and you that's know it. Know?
1: It's it's nothing's gonna rust or rot up there, that's for sure. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.
0: All right, well um I think we're I think we're about ready, Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm excited. all right, well, let's take a look today at our study for today, and it is Will the church go through the tribulation? Take it away, Matt
2: all right, guys, well, I appreciate uh the opportunity to be able to be here i think uh Eric, and I thank Steve, and uh, I just want to go over, again, the question, will the church go through the tribulation? Now, again, I think this is very relevant, uh, especially in today, uh, today's atmosphere. Uh, We've got a lot of things going on. People are saying, oh, it's the end of the world, all these things are going to happen, uh, but when you look in the Bible, the next event that's supposed to take place is uh, the, tribu- the, uh, the rapture, then you've got the seven years of tribulation. And then you're also going to have a thousand years of Jesus Christ reigning on this earth. Uh, So the earth is not going to disappear anytime soon. But there is an event coming up that's called the tribulation. Now, to start off, let's dissect the question uh, and build our foundation for the study tonight. So, now what or who is the church? Now, Steve has touched on this in a few podcasts, so we won't stay on this for too long. Uh, But again, to God, there are three classes of people in this world Now, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 32. And the Bible says, "...give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles, nor to the Church of God." So you have the Jews, which include anyone of the Jewish race. Uh, You also have the Gentiles, that includes everyone else in the world that is not a Jew. And then you also have the Church of God. Now, the Church of God includes both Jew and Gentile that have accepted Christ as their Savior... So now, once you are born again, John chapter 3, verse 3, you are neither Jew nor Gentile, but you are in the church. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll see more about this church that we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and starting in verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. So again, we can see here, uh, you are put into the church once you receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. And the church is Jesus Christ's body. Now, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, it says, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him, which is Jesus Christ." to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. So now there's local churches all over the world uh, that have both saved and lost people in them, but this church God is talking about is an organism, not an organization. Now that we have what the church, now that that we see what the church uh, consists of, now let's kind of dissect the uh, the, the tribulation, what the tribulation is. Now the tribulation consists of a period of seven years uh, that will take place, and is broken up into, into two separate three-and-a-half-year intervals, with the second half of the seven years being the worst by far. Now, if you read in the book of Revelation, uh, you look from chapters, chapters uh, 6 through 19, uh, you get a very detailed look at this horrible time that will take place. Now, the Antichrist will come into power and set up a false peace with the nation of Israel, but then he will break that peace up and torture and kill anyone that does not bow down and worship the beast. Now, many of the plagues from Moses' time will occur again, Uh, It's just not a time and a place uh, that you want to be here on the earth. Now, this time is called the Tribulation. It's also called the Great Tribulation, and it's also called the Great Day of Wrath. Now, if you look in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, it says, it it is said to be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. So listen, the most terrible time that you can think of that's happened down on this earth uh, since the beginning of time, the Bible says that, listen, uh, there's going to be a, a much worse time than that any any possible time that you can think of this tribulation period this seven year period is going to be the worst time uh, that you could ever imagine uh, now what 's the purpose of the tribulation now we are going to spend a little time here uh because this is a very important uh, this is very important in answering our question tonight uh, now, if you spend any amount of time in the Bible, you will notice that the main theme of the Bible deals with the kingdom. Uh, and God wants to set up a physical, literal kingdom on this earth that will have no end. Now this kingdom will have Jesus Christ at the head of it, and it will be a Jewish kingdom. Now this promise started with Abraham, and then was passed on to his seed, back onto Isaac, and then on to Jacob, and then on uh, his 12 sons, and so on, all throughout that seed. Uh, God promised their seed, which is a literal ki- uh, their seed, a literal kingdom, on a literal piece of land. This literal piece of land is Jerusalem. Now... Look with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 1. And we'll see more about this. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. Now this is the angel uh, coming down and speaking to Mary. And he says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now listen, the angel of the Lord came down and said, Mary, uh, you're going to bring forth a son, Jesus Christ. He's going to reign on the literal throne that David had, Uh, and he's going to reign over the house of Jacob. Now that's, that's Jewish na- Jewish nation, that's Israel, uh, and this kingdom will never end. All right, now, so when Jesus, well, you see, uh, when John the Baptist shows up, uh, which is Jesus Christ's forerunner, in Matthew chapter three, verse one, John the Baptist says, "Repent, ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Then in Matthew chapter four verse seventeen, Jesus preaches the same thing: "Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." And then we see in Matthew chapter ten verse seven, the apostles were told to preach this same exact thing. So when Christ came, God came, born of a virgin, he tried to set up a he tried to set up this physical, literal uh, kingdom uh, that God had promised to the Jews all throughout the uh, all throughout the Old Testament. But we see that the Jews rejected him and crucified him because they did not repent. Now, look with me now in your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. And we'll see what uh, situation the Jews are in now, because they've rejected their, their Messiah, their King. Romans chapter 11 and verse 25. The Bible says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. So here we see that because of their rejection of the King, Jesus Christ, a time called the time of the Gentiles is taking place right now. But once the fullness of the Gentiles become in, then God will deal with this nation of Israel once more and to set up his kingdom. Now look uh, in the same chapter, just look a verse ahead, uh, verse 26, it says, And so all Israel shall be saved, as is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn uh, away ungodliness. From Jacob. Uh, Jesus Christ will come back uh, and he'll deliver Israel. But before Jesus Christ comes back, God has to soften Israel's heart so that they will finally repent and receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah and King. Now, look with me uh, in the book of Ezekiel in the Bible. The book of Ezekiel. And the book of Ezekiel in chapter 20. Ezekiel chapter 20, and we're going to start in verse 34. And it says, And I will bring you out from the people, and will gather you out of the countries wherein you are scattered. Now this is God the Father talking to the nation of Israel. And he says, with a mighty hand, and with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So God says he'll he'll gather the Jews back to their land, uh, which, again, we're starting to see a little now. Uh, And it says that in the Bible says, God says right here, that they will pass under the rod, that the nation of Israel will pass under the rod. Now turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 22. Just a couple verses ahead. Ezekiel chapter 22, and we see in verse 19, the Bible says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you are all become dross, behold, therefore I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As they gather silver and brass and iron and and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace to blow the fire upon it, to melt it, so will I gather you in mine anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you yea I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath, and ye shall be melted in the midst thereof, as silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall ye be melted in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. So the tribulation is a time when God takes the the Jews and blows upon them in the face of his wrath and melts them now, after suffering much misery and persecution uh, during this time of of tribulation, Israel will finally turn to Jesus Christ and repent and accept him as their Messiah. Uh, and, for, and for their salvation. Now look with me in the book of Deuteronomy. And we'll see this. Book of Deuteronomy. And look in uh, chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting at verse 30. And it says in verse 30, When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. So God the Father says, listen, if, you, if you're going through that time of tribulation, and you finally repent of your sins, and you, and you ask the Lord uh, uh, to be their God again, then he will come back, and he'll He'll forgive them. Um, now, turn with me to Romans chapter 11, verse 26 again. We're going to look at this verse one more time uh, and see um, what God says here, If they turn from their sins and repent. Romans chapter 11, verse 26 again says, And so all Israel shall be saved, as is written, there shall come out of Zion, the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So this is when Jesus Christ comes back, the Messiah comes back. Uh, and once more, look in, uh, in Zechariah. Zechariah in chapter 13 and we're going to see this very thing that's going to take place. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 8 And it shall come to pass that in all the land saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third uh, shall be left therein. So we see during this great tribulation period that many, many are going to die. Now in verse 9, And I will bring the third part through the fire and this is the fire that we were just hearing about and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now God the Father, his people is Israel, is the Jews. And he says here that through this tribulation period, refining them, finally they're going to call upon him uh, and and accept him as their Messiah. So now the question, the answer to the question, will the church go through the tribulation The answer is no. The church will not go through the tribulation. Now the first reason why the church will not go through the tribulation is number one, because as as we have gone over uh, just before, it is a time that God deals with the nation of Israel. Now in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 and Daniel chapter 12 verse 1, this time is called the time of Jacob's trouble which is the nation of Israel again. It's not called the time of the church's trouble. The church has nothing to do with this event because we have already repented and have accepted Christ as our Savior. Now if you look through the scriptures, there's two there's two um, brides in the scriptures. You've got uh, the bride of Christ, which is those in the body of Christ, what we've already talked about; those have accepted Christ as their Savior. And then there is also uh, uh, the bride of God the Father. And so we'd see two totally different things. The bride's going to be caught out, and that's the number two, the second reason why the church will not go through the tribulation. The church will be raptured out before this terrible, uh, terrible tribulation starts. Now look with me in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4 and verse 16. It says for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words so right now Jesus Christ comes back in the air so this will take place before the tribulation starts Jesus Christ will come in the air he's going to take up those that are dead in Christ those bodies that are down in the grave now we've already gone over this body soul and spirit the spirit's already going back to God the father the soul's already gone to heaven those that have been in that that, that have been in christ uh and then when jesus christ comes back he's going to take up those bodies those bodies going to meet their soul in the air and then we which are alive and remain right now we're going to be caught up in the air to meet the lord in in the air and be with him forever um other verses we won't go to those uh tonight for sake of time but you can look up first corinthians chapter 15 Uh, in verses 50 on, 51 through 52, stuff like that. It goes over uh, the rapture. Now, number three, the third reason why the church will not go through the tribulation. Now, us as a church, us as the body of Christ that are in Jesus Christ, we are looking for the Savior. We're not looking for the Antichrist and the tribulation. So look with me in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and uh, we're going to start in verse 20. It says... For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby is He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. So here Paul's saying, "Listen, we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're not looking to not take the mark of the beast, all that kind of stuff, you know, and guard ourselves from the Antichrist. We're looking for the Lord uh, to to descend from heaven. We're looking for Him and and to call us up into heaven." Um, now, number four, the fourth reason why the church will not go through the tribulation. Uh, again, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 17, the tribulation is called the great uh, day of wrath. But we, the church, are not appointed to wrath. Now look with me in the first Thessalonians chapter 1 Thessalonians 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says of us, And to wait for his Son from heaven, we're supposed to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now that wrath is the tribulation, that great, great, uh, the day of the great wrath. Now First Thess- Thessalonians chapter 5, look there with me. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we're not going to go through that wrath that's going to be down on this earth. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 talks about this as well. Scripture with Scripture, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now look at this, verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So we can see that we're going to be saved from that wrath. We're going to be raptured out of here before that wrath. Now, again... Number five here, the reason, the fifth reason why the church will not go through the tribulation is that the tribulation period is described in the book of Revelation. Again, it's from chapter 6 all the way to chapter 19. But after the first chapter in the book of Revelation, the church is not seen anymore upon the earth until it appears in the 19th chapter coming with the bridegroom, which, of course, is Jesus Christ from heaven. Now, the entire time between chapters 6 through 19 in the book of Revelation is the terrible time of judgment that the Bible uh, says fall on them that dwell on the earth. But the church is not of the earth. All right, So the Bible says that uh, it's not a time of judgment of those, and I quote, dwell on the earth. It is a time of uh, a judgment that falls on those that dwell on the earth. But we're not supposed to be dwelling on the earth. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, the church is said to be seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're not going to be dwelling on this earth. We've already got part of us up in heaven sitting by Jesus Christ. Now, the sixth reason why we won't, the church won't go through the tribulation. Uh, at the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ will come with his saints. Now, we're almost done here. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I uh, I had a lot more, but I uh, took a lot out for Brother Steve. I know how he is. <laughs> so, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, To the end, he may establish your hearts unblavable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, with all His saints. Now, all these saints that's coming with the Lord is us now this is this is talking about in the end. When Jesus Christ comes in the air, when he comes with his saints, this is at the end of the seven years of the tribulation. This is when Jesus Christ comes in the air. So it says that the saints are going to be with him when he comes. So I'm telling you what, we're not going to be down here on this earth during that tribulation time. We're going to be coming with the Lord in the in the air. Now in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, you'll see it here as well. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now look with me in Jude chapter, four, uh, Jude chapter 14. Or I should just say Jude 14. Uh, Jude 14. And it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their, their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches, which ungodly spinners uh, sinners have spoken against him. So here we again come in the clouds in the air. Now, how do you know that? How do you know that those that those saints are going to be us? Um, uh, well, let's look in uh, Revelation chapter nineteen, and you'll see it. Revelation chapter nineteen, <clears throat> and the Bible will interpret its own self. Revelation chapter nineteen, starting in verse eleven, it says. And I saw heaven opened. Now this is the same event that I was just speaking about, that Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds at the end of the seven years of tribulation. And it says right here, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Now this is Jesus Christ. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now that last verse there, you have to really look at it closely. It says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Now look at this clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now listen to get that, uh, fine linen, white and clean uh, we would have had gone through the judgment seat of Christ and also the marriage of the Lamb so uh, what happens is during that seven years of tribulation the church is raptured out right before that and during that seven years of tribulation uh, the uh, judgment seat of Christ happens and then you've got the marriage uh, supper of the Lamb and you say well how do you know that well look up with me in the same chapter Revelation chapter 19 and look at verse 8 um, actually starting in verse 7 It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. Again, the marriage of the lamb is the church. All right. So the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her, which is the church, was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. So here we see that uh, during the time of tribulation we can't be here because we're going to be raptured out. We're going to have the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to get that fine linen at the at the at the uh, marriage of the Lamb. We're going to be married to Jesus Christ, and then we're going to come at the end of that seven years of tribulation. We're going to come in the clouds with our white linen with the Lord. Um, so by taking a step back we can see that God will deal once more with the nation of Israel in the tribulation period to finally set up what he has been wanting to set up since day one. And that again is a kingdom with Jesus Christ as the King. Now, many say that the happiest day for God, the father was when Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. But listen, my friends, the greatest day of all is when God, the father will finally see his son reigning on the throne of Israel as King. Now
0: That, That may have been the happiest day for us. That's right. You know, as lost sinners, but Mm -hmm. in God's grand plan, that I'm sure probably was not the happiest day for him. Amen.
1: What do you think, Steve? Well, it was well put, and uh, a lot of information there again, as, as, as normal, as usual. Uh, is normal for man. <laughs> just, just now, here you go. You're reading something into there that's not there. <laughs>
2: I try to. I try to dumb it down a little bit here. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you had to dumb it down so I'd understand it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all, I guess. I, I guess I could throw some controversial things in there. You know, you'll understand what I mean by that when I when I say this, but. You know, those going through the tribulation, and of course uh, in Revelation chapter 12, I'm looking at a verse now, verse 17, where it talks about the dragon was wroth with the woman, and the woman in that, in that chapter is, is a reference to Israel, yeah. and uh, the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which kept the commandments of God and had the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, if I read that right, there is an element in that salvation or in their uh, I, salvation, I guess you could say, is the be- best way to say it, is an element of faith, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, and works right. to keep the commandments of God. It says in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that kept the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, does that sound anything like this? You know, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I'll go on to say in, in Ephesians chapter 2, does it sound anything like our salvation? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should
0: boast. No, there it sounds like a mixture of faith and works. <laughs>
1: Theirs does, yes. Uh, in Galatians, let, let's just put it real clear, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law for the, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now how a person is saved in the in, in the church age is not the same way a person is saved in the tribulation. So if the church is going through the tribulation, they have to change the method of their salvation. And God's not gonna do that. He's not he's not inconsistent I mean,
0: like that. No, that's a good point. And then there in the uh, in the trib, isn't there an element of not taking the mark of the beast? Right. That's right. You're absolutely right. So if again, they take
1: the mark of the beast, they're they're
0: damned. So and that's that that's pretty clearly works.
2: And that yeah that that's a good point too. I mean, you have so many people, so many uh, religions that believe, especially just in the Christian. Uh, you know, so many people that believe. Listen, you can lose your salvation. And you you ever wonder if they actually have scriptural basis for that? And they do. I mean, you look in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, you look in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about those that have uh, have been partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God, uh, and then if they shall fall away, that they couldn't renew them again to repentance. Now, that's talking about in the tribulation. When you take the mark of the beast, uh, you lose your salvation. And, And that's the whole thing. Again, today in this age, in this dispensation of grace, uh, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God until the day of redemption, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And again, like Steve said, this is a totally different salvation. These people aren't sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Uh, these people could lose their salvation, and that's in the
0: tribulation. And, and I imagine that for some people is pretty controversial.
1: Oh, it, It's definitely controversial. It, it, it raises the, the ire of many a uh, born again uh, believer. You know, I, I got thinking, I I have this wry sense of humor sometimes and, and I get thinking that if the church was gonna go through the tribulation and uh you know the Lord kinda put pulled his hands off of things and let the Antichrist run things and and all the things that take place in the tribulation start taking place now. And uh the food supply gets uh, taken away and, and disasters start taking place and plagues start taking place. How many Christians do you think would take the mark of the beast so that they could buy or sell? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, and and I, and I say this with trepidation of my own self, mm-hmm. knowing my own weaknesses in the flesh. So I'm not trying to lift myself above anybody else. But boy, I tell you what, you know, you you start messing with things like that, and and they're going to be a, <laughs> there would be a lot of Christians that would. Uh, Throw their Christianity aside and take the mark of the beast so that they could have something in their belly.
2: Especially yeah. us Baptists, brother. I mean, we love to eat. <laughs> you know I'm i mean, you better you better watch out. Most of the Baptists are going to be taking that uh, mark of the beast.
1: Yeah. Uh, good thing that we're not going through it. And uh, you, know, Matt, that I think I rest. You know, my whole uh, argument on that verse that you gave in First Thessalonians chapter one and verse ten. And to wait for the son from for his son from heaven, who he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered past tense us from the wrath to come, future. Amen. And he is what he did on the cross, and what we did by receiving him, delivered us from a wrath to come. And that's not talking about hell. That's talking about the tribulation that's going to come. So. Uh, you know, I am so thankful that uh, God gave me enough sense to trust him and took the blinders off my eyes so that I could see the difference between biblical salvation and uh, man-centered religion. And uh, I am just so thankful that, I, that I've that i trusted Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. Amen. Amen.
0: And you know, a lot of the folks that um, might be listening that aren't saved and are just saying, well, you know, uh, maybe I'll make it through the, trib- through the tribulation, but... When you when you look at the, uh, the the amount of the population that's completely wiped out, you, you don't really, you don't really have a chance to like endure <laughs> to the end.
1: Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the first war that takes place, a billion people get wiped out, or better, and and then not counting all the things that take place, you know, from the the plagues and the pestilence and the you know the the beasts that are coming out of the earth and uh, just unbelievable stuff. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather take it
2: when it's free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, th- this might be controversial. I know it's con- controversial to a lot of people that I talk to, but uh, I'm going to bring you another controversial uh, scripture here, Steve. But, uh, you know, people, I, I know the, uh, what's that big movie that came out? That's a series, uh, Left Behind, and it's mm-hmm. huge on the rapture and, and people being left behind after the rapture. And uh listen, you know a lot of people think hey i I'll believe once the rapture happens you know once the once the Christians get taken out of here, all these millions of people get taken out, the Christians at the rapture, and then the tribulation starts, then I'll truly believe, uh but that's not what the Bible says in second Thessalonians Now, if you look in second Thessalonians chapter uh, two verse nine. Uh, it says, talking about that wicked one, we'll go back up to verse 8, this is the Antichrist, and then shall that wicked one, the Antichrist, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, now this is during the tribulation, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, and for this god and for this cause god shall send them a strong delusion that sh- they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness so listen i truly believe that this verse is, uh, that this portion of scripture is telling you listen if you heard uh, the gospel the gospel of salvation of jesus christ the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ the savior soul uh, if you've heard that the bible says here uh, because you didn't accept the love of the gospel the love of the truth uh, that God's going to send you strong delusion after the rapture happens, and uh, you're going to take the mark of the beast. So, you know, I, I pray that you, that if there's anybody listening that, that you know, hasn't accepted Christ as their Savior, listen, the rapture can happen at any time, and I truly believe after that rapture takes place, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, the uh, Bible says you'll be damned. Amen.
1: I'll definitely say this. The master of all spin, uh, as you talked about there, the, the wicked one, the Antichrist, the master of all spin will make it God's fault. And all of the, uh, the, the, those people that disappear and all of the tragedies that are taking place on this earth are God's fault. And, uh, you know, people, have a, people do that anyway, but all they'll, they'll have, uh, uh, how shall I say, uh, a greater reason to believe that when the master of spin the antichrist uh, gets done and he he spins his way and and shows that the god of the universe is really a a hateful mean god that uh, all he's looking for is to to make people miserable and and look what he did he took all your loved ones away and blah 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 you know just all the things that he'll he'll come up with and make himself out to be the the savior of the world yeah. and flocks of people hordes of people will We'll follow that lie and believe a
0: lie yeah. yep amen well, and I think oh.
2: uh, I'm sorry eric i just ahead, I just man. wanted to bring one more thing also uh I kind of wanted to put in also now there's a lot of types of the rapture in, in, in the marriage uh in the Bible, and every time we see it takes place uh before some kind of wrath comes upon this earth, and uh, I just wanted to bring a couple of those across, you know, just just something to chew on uh for the rest of the night. Uh, you know you see Enoch now Enoch you 'll see him in in uh, in the book of Genesis in the beginning of the book of Genesis. It talks uh about him, and he was translated now he's he 's a type of us, the raptured saint uh and it says that Enoch was caught out before the flood before his noah flood, and uh, that flood is a type of the tribulation so here we can see a type of us uh the tribulation saint now Enoch Enoch never died, he was taken out. Uh, he's a type of the tri- of the uh, raptured saint because he never died and he never will die. Uh, now, Elijah was raptured out of here. He was taken up in, in a cloud. But the thing is with him, he's going to come back with Moses uh, and be one of the two witnesses, and he's going to die. Uh, but again, we see Enoch. He's never going to die, just like those that are here when Christ returns, taken up. Uh, they're never going to die. So we see he's taken out before the tribulation, before the before the flood, just like we will. And then you also see Moses. Now this is kind of going on about the about the uh, the marriage you know that takes place during the tribulation on this earth. Uh, now he's a type of Jesus Christ, and you see that he got his bride again, who is a Gentile. You know, time of the Gentiles, uh, but uh, he got his uh, wife who was a Gentile before. Uh, they pass through the tribulation under Pharaoh. Uh, so you see here that the, the marriage takes place before the tribulation of Pharaoh, all right? And then you see Joseph also, who was another type of Christ. Uh, he married Asenath, who was a Gentile bride, um, uh, before the famine, which is a type of the tribulation. Uh, and so you see all throughout here you you can go to Noah also he was uh, he was uh seen righteous in the eyes of God and uh he was saved uh by God through that tribulation you know period I mean you just see over and over and over again God taking out the saints before the wrath actually comes on this earth
0: Yep amen Well good study man and it was uh I think a lot of people are always interested in in the in the future and and in prophecy and, and even uh lost folks and you know, they, they one of the things they want to talk about or read from the Bible is the book of Revelation and talk about what's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm glad we could kinda narrow that down a little bit and uh and show from the scriptures what, what it says about what's coming and and uh what to do if you're not saved. The first thing to do right now is to get saved. Don't don't wait, don't trust in in uh, being somehow able to make it through the trib, or even that the uh, the trib is coming, yeah, um, you know what we try to encourage folks to do is grab a Bible, follow along with us, see if what we're what we're saying is true, see if it see if it uh, doesn't bear out. Um, and I think that if you do that, you'll you'll start to see that uh, that it is true. Amen. All right. Well, next time um, we're going to come down to. Earth, We're going to come back to uh, present day and age, or at least for a little while, and we're going to take a look at Easter, what Easter is and what it isn't. And I know Steve will be wearing his bunny costume, so turn in for that. <laughs> That'll be a good time. <laughs> Steve, are we are going to be able to put that picture up on the website at com. Uh, no.
1: No? <laughs> Sorry. That is uh, for my
0: wife's eyes only, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, there's a picture. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: And those at the mall also, huh, brother? Oh, boy. Well,
1: you, you got guys, the— You guys are absolutely <laughs> brutal, I'll tell
0: you. <laughs> you, got the, uh, you got the Easter eggs, you got the Easter egg hunt, you got the, uh, the Easter bunny no, I at the don't. mall. not uh, They do. No, I no, don't. no. Yeah, no, no, no. Not you. I'm, I'm talking in general, <laughs> the world. You, we have all of these things, and somehow it's, it's tied in with Christianity and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sad so we're going to take a look at that. We're going to see what the Bible uh, says or doesn't say about that, and because mm-hmm. um, I know there's a lot of churches that have Easter egg hunt and mm-hmm. and those kinds of things, and and uh, we'll talk about that. We'll take a closer look at that. We'll look at when Jesus Christ was, in fact, uh, did resurrect. I know a lot of folks say Resurrection Sunday, and we'll we'll see best that we can determine using the Bible, of course, and. Uh, Believe it or not, the King James Bible does mention the word Easter. and right. You know where that is, Steve?
1: Uh, it's in Acts chapter 12.
0: Verse four. Verse 4. I tried to put you on the spot, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> no. And you'll see that uh, all the other English Bibles don't translate that word Easter. That's we'll right. look at that and see if that was that a mistake by the King James and what's going on with this whole Easter thing. So we'll take a closer look at that. And uh, since it is coming up. And before you run off and celebrate with your Easter eggs, and eh, take a listen to see what the Bible says about that sort of thing. So, anything else? I just have to say,
2: I just have to say, uh, you know, with with the rapture could take place at any time. You know, for those Christians, just that saying, a hundred years will pass. Uh, all it's done for Christ will last, you know, and it's, it's really true. I mean, like we said, the rapture could take place tomorrow, two days, a week, uh, anytime. So I just pray that we all could just do more for Christ uh, because in an eternity, all that's going to matter is what we've done for him.
0: Amen. As uh, was a James Knox is always saying, you know, 99 years from now, it's not going to matter what kind of car you drove and what yeah. kind, of, kind of job you had. And you know, the, only, the only thing that's going to matter is what you did for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, words to think about. All right. Well, Steve, again, thanks for joining us.
1: You're welcome. It's a pleasure.
0: And uh, Matthew, uh, good lesson. Thank you very much. What do you think, Steve? Was the length about right on that? Oh, that was perfect. Perfect. All right. There you go.
1: <laughs> hey, no more comments, man. I'll be in comments.
2: <laughs> You're just saying that now because you don't want me to say anything more about you. <laughs>
0: Well as we go along we're trying to fine tune this program. We're trying yeah. to we're trying to get a balance of, you know, wait maybe what's too much and, and what's not enough and and uh, we want it to be entertaining, but at the same time we really want it to be informative and something that you'll tune into to listen, but also to have fun, but also to, to maybe learn something. And our desire is to really really to do both. And Amen. to to edify and and to be a blessing and uh and, and to maybe make you think a little bit. Or saved and unsaved alike. All right. Well, guys, have a uh, have a good rest of the week. And Lord willing, we'll see you back here again next week. Amen. God bless. Morning or
1: night or
2: noon, many will meet their doom. Trumpets will surely sound, all of the dead shall rise, righteously.